Hey, welcome back to Just Being Silly. I'm Liz, and this is episode 34. I have fought like hell to get this episode up. I have conquered platform issues. I have conquered mic issues. I'm on a completely new platform right now. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's going to sound better. I don't know. Um, but just bear with me, okay? We've kind of got, kind of got a lot going on. I want to start off the episode, um, with a happy new year. I know this is the first episode of the new year, which was not fully my intention. Like, I expected to have one up, obviously, on Friday. Hi. I, new year, new me, except for when it comes to uploading an episode on time. Look, I'm just a girl. I... I'm just a woman. I'm just a small child. I'm I'm everything all at once. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. Okay, I've got a lot going on. Um, but now that I've kind of got some of the initial like issues that I had worked out, I am hoping to be back on like a very strict schedule. I mean, there are probably going to be like exceptions to that. Like if I'm on a trip or if there's a holiday or something like that. But for the most part, I should be on track to having weekly Friday episodes as planned, as it used to be, as God intended, okay? Um, but Happy New Year. Um, we just kind of went out for New Year's. We had people over for a pregame. Then we went to like a dive bar type of situation over in Knox, the Knox Henderson area. If you're from Dallas, you know where that is. And it was a great time. You know, I remember being 20, 21. Um, maybe I should say 21 for legal reasons. Um, but I remember being 21 and going out on New Year's and wanting it to be like champagne, bottle girls, sparklers, um, you know, just like the whole, I wouldn't even say festive. What would I say? Um, just like kind of like the glitz and the glam of like New Year's and like loud, tons of people, like a lot going on all at once. And I think as I've gotten, dare I say, older, you can't tell by looking at me, but as I've gotten older, I really do appreciate a more low key vibe. And that's not to say that like the bar wasn't packed, like it was packed, but like we were all able to find like places to sit or places to like group and convene. It wasn't an act of Congress to get a drink. Like it was very, you know, the vibes were very high. Um, and I fully enjoyed it. And now the only thing I didn't enjoy is how I felt the day after. Um, you guys, why are, why are hangovers like that now? Why are they like that now? I remember when I was 19 years old and I was at Delta Upsilon fraternity. Okay. And I was slapping a bag of sangria and taking a 40 second, 50 second pull off of it at a time. Was I throwing up afterwards? Of course I was. You cannot put that much wine in your body and not throw it up, but that's not my point. My point is I was drinking to that level on like an empty stomach, half a bottle, half a, uh, what were they called before Stanley's before we had Stanley's, what were our water bottles? Swell. Swell. 2016 called and she wants her swell back. The swell. I was drinking like half a bottle of swell water, no dinner 
or maybe like a couch grilled cheese okay for dinner um couch restaurants for the OU students not a grilled cheese from the couch might need to make that distinction like half of one of those save the other one in my little mini fridge for when I got home like I was going out completely unprepared drinking in that kind of excess going home at like three in the morning and then waking up at like noon one you know kind of rolling out of bed ah taking on the day you know maybe I need sunglasses ooh particularly bad you know hangover ooh I needed sunglasses I was a little light sensitive but like I was rounding up the troops and I was like hey where are we going what's the next move um hey are we all gonna meet up at Kate Kate restaurants get some hash browns get some get some loaded hash browns extreme hash browns I don't remember what they were called but they were they were my go-to but like it was like nothing had happened. It, it was really like not a big deal <laughs> that I had gone out and consumed that much alcohol. Like it really was just like, a, oh, goodness, what an evening. What are we doing tonight? Where are we dropping tonight, boys? Like it was really something like that. Um, and I was able to just do it. I, I was there was a time where I was doing it Thursday through Thursday through Saturday. Wednesday through Saturday. Holy shit, Wednesday, because I was going to Ocon's on Wednesdays. So, Wednesday through Saturday, I was booting the house down, mama, and I was not deceased. Like, I was, I had more energy than I'd ever had. But as a 26-year-old, now I'm, you know, hitting the bars, and I've had vodka cranberries, high noons, you know, a couple of jello shots just, you know, (laughs) when in Rome. And... I felt like, with no exaggeration, that my body was shutting down. Like, first of all, Irish goodbye. Let's let's start there. We should always start there. How did you leave? We Irish goodbye. And I don't like to do that because I am one of those people that I I want to know where everybody is and I want to know that everybody's okay. And when people leave, I want to know when they're leaving so I can check my phone or my watch or whatever and be like okay they left the bar at this time so like I can kind of have all of the information I need should anything happen is that anxious attachment of course it is and what are you gonna do about it like I'm 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 working on it okay like but that's that's the facts like that is who I am that's what's going on so um but I I did not and I think a lot of it was actually I think a lot of it was Kyle's fault I, Kyle, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry, best friend, but it kind of was your fault. He was like, hey, I want to leave. And he never says that, too. So that's how I probably should have known, like, that it was getting it was getting kind of bad because I do remember him being like, hey, um, I think I'm ready to go. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, for sure. Like, and like kind of almost blew it off and like continued talking to whoever I was talking to. And then I just kind of hear him go, hey, uh, Liz, I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, I, I would like to leave. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just remember like leaving. I don't remember saying goodbye to anybody. So um, sorry if I didn't. You know what we should do to prevent that in the future? I feel like we should say, I feel like we should say goodbyes in the beginning of the night. Like, hey, we're about to go have a great time. Um, But if I don't see you, okay, if I don't see you at the end of the night, if I miss you somehow at the end of the night, love ya. Had such a great time. 
and I hope you get home safe. Probably should incorporate that when I when I know I'm going to be drinking in excess because I do find myself in the, I don't like to do it, but I do find myself in the Irish goodbye category more often than not, just because it's easier. It's, it's so hard to find everybody and round them up. And, you know, then you, some people you say bye to and they're like, oh my God, no, don't leave. And then you're like, well, now I can't leave because I would rather not disappoint anybody ever. And that's on people pleasing. But anyway, yeah, woke up the next day feeling, (sighs) feeling really just kind of awful. I don't sleep anymore when I drink. That's something I learned about myself. I used to be able, like I said, roll in at three, go to bed until like noon or one, get up, tackle my next day. I cannot do that anymore. We got back at like, I would say 2.30. Like we left right before the bar's we're closing. So by the time we got that Uber, got back, it was about 2.30. So I probably wasn't asleep until like three. Tell me why I woke up naturally on my own at 7 a.m. That's hell. I'm sorry. That's, that's hell. Like what, what even is that? Like Kyle was sleeping like a baby, like he was being rocked by God. You know what I mean? Like rocked in an armchair, like back and forth, swaddled in, in the softest linens, like a, like a precious baby. And I was up shaking. The room was spinning. I was, I was replaying in my mind every conversation I had had every, you know, step of the evening and, and thinking, oh my God, everybody must hate me. Did I do anything crazy? No, but I absolutely, I absolutely put myself in the headspace of you overshared, you overshared and, and I don't know, like everybody is going to truly hate you. I don't know. That's where I was at. Okay. So we, there were two different vibes going on in my household. So I could not fall back asleep. Like I said, shaking, headache, stomach ache, anxiety on 1000. Like I was just, I was not well. Um, got a nipple top Gatorade, got a Pedialyte. I don't know. I, I did all of the things, right? I got a Suge bagel. I did all the things I was supposed to do. Took my Advil or my ibuprofen or whatever. And like, I don't know the, the things that were like, used to be the cure-all. Like, when, when I tell you the moment they, I ingested them, I was better. It is just simply not like that anymore. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I felt maybe a little bit better, but, like, I was still not okay. Like, I, I put all these things in my body, and I'm like, you know what I need to do? I need to throw up. And I'm sorry I keep talking about throw up, but, like, that's the direction I'm being pulled today, so work with me. But, you know, I felt like that. And then I was like, oh, maybe I need to take like a nap. Was able to get maybe 25 minutes of a nap. Was able to close my eyes for 25 minutes before my body woke me up again. Like it was just kind of hell. And it was a day of it. It was a full day of a hangover. Not the first hour or two after waking up. An entire day from sun up to sundown. I felt like crap. So basically, I think that whole fiasco of having a full 
days worth of a hangover really just like solidified in me that like I'm just not a drinker like like will I continue to go out on like New Year's Eve yes will I continue to go out on my birthday yes a friend's birthday yes but like it kind of makes sense to me like why I don't drink like on my own because I really I really don't like the only time I will even drink at like dinner if I'm not like out with girlfriends like if it's just Kyle and I like the only time I will order a drink out is like if they have like craft cocktails that are like specialty cocktails that you know people rave about that are like oh you have to try this when you go like that's the only time I will order a drink out like I really don't and it's and it's not because I'm better than anybody I'm you should know by now that I'm not but it's it's I'm immature it's the taste I I can't get over the taste of alcohol it's bad and I've been seeing on TikTok those little straws um that people are using to like they put like their chaser in the straw or like the shot in the straw and drink the chaser through it. And it's supposed to like eliminate the taste of the alcohol. And I'm like, maybe we just don't drink it. If our body's telling us it's so nasty and it's so bad, maybe there's a reason. Maybe it tastes bad to us for a reason. I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm on a tangent, but yeah, I just, it's not really my thing. Like I'm, I'm not really, if I'm drinking, it's out it's out with friends. Like if it's some, like I said, somebody's party, somebody's, you know, somebody's having an outing. Um, like when we go to trivia or a dinner, like a special dinner, like with a special cocktail menu, etc. Like I, I really isn't like on my own. It's like never on my own. Oh my God. Okay. If I, if you ever find out that I'm like cracking a cold one in my own home, in the comfort of my own home by myself, call somebody. Call somebody. Because that's out of character. You need, you need to know now that that's out of character for me. But anyway, I think I'm going to dabble with the idea of a dry January. Like I said, I don't really drink, but like even for like those little times that I do, I think I'm going to try and limit those little times just in January. Just to give myself a full, you know, hard reset button. You know, put the put the paperclip end in, in the little small hole on my back and we're going to hit reset mode because I, I don't know. I went full like red hot chili peppers. I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. It, it was bad. It was so, it was hell actually, if you want to know the truth. So that was my new year's and you know, I hope the rest of you had better new year's than I did. Um, let's get into the rest of the episode. What do I have here? Okay, I have, because you know I have notes now, because I'm officially, like, I'm, I'm like a full-blown podcaster now. Like, I, it's, it's not a joke anymore. Um, I've got Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Okay, so Gypsy Rose is free. My girl's free. And one thing about Gypsy Rose, and I know, like, most of the internet right now is, like, doing the whole Gypsy Rose Blanchard meme thing. Um, I say meme thing, like, I don't understand it. I do. It's, you know, TikTok memes, they're doing, like, cunty edits of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, and, like, I feel it. I feel it. I get it. I get it. I totally understand. I love it. I love a good joke. She seems to love it. Like, she seems like things are going really well. I'm really happy for her. Um, I guess just to put you, like, bring you up to speed more so, 
um, if you're unfamiliar with the whole Gypsy Rose Blanchard thing. Um, Gypsy Rose has been in prison since 2015, and... She was in prison. I don't know her official charge. Maybe I should put that on my notes. Maybe I should be a better podcast producer, but I'm just not. Um, basically, she got herself a boyfriend um, and the, had the boyfriend kill her mom. Now, looking at it on a on a flat surface like that, you're like, oh my god, why is she out of prison? Well, hold the phone. So, Gypsy Rose, um, her mother, Dee Dee, or was was a D. No, I think it was Dee Dee. Dee Dee, get out of my laboratory. It was it was Dee Dee, I think. It was Dee Dee Blanchard, um, her mother. Her mother uh, um, had an illness, a mental illness called um, Munchausen by proxy, which is where a caregiver, usually, you know, the main caregiver, like, so like, in her case, her mother, um, makes a child or a person that they're caring for sick in order to you know, take care of them in order to get sympathy, to get, um, money, resources, that kind of thing. Um, attention. That's a, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, so yeah, her mom was making Gypsy sick, essentially. And she was like, the best way I can explain it was like, Gypsy was five years older than she thought she was. So basically her mom was like, shaving her head. She was giving her all of these medications to, like, induce symptoms of, like, illnesses so she could take her to the doctor and the doctors could, like, you know, prescribe her other things or they could give her surgeries or um, they could just flat out give her a medical diagnosis that maybe she didn't really need. Um, Gypsy could walk, but she was in a wheelchair and her mother told her, like, you know, do not move your legs, like, when we're out in public. Um, when you're in your wheelchair, do not move your legs, like that whole thing, um, which is kind of insane. But um, she was doing this and like getting money from people. Um, Gypsy was getting like experiences, which Gypsy didn't know. Gypsy only knew what her mom was telling her, which was that she was ill. She was terminally ill, like with all kinds of stuff, like with leukemia, saying that she was... Um, mentally handicapped, that she had, like, epilepsy, that she had, like, all of these different, like, diagnoses that she she didn't actually have. And, yeah, her mom was just using her to, like, gain sympathy, get money from people, kind of fraud. It was like a fraud scheme almost. But um, Gypsy thought that was the truth until um, she found a, I think she found, like, a medical card um, like an insurance card with her name on it and it had a birthday on it, but the birth date was like five years earlier than what she thought her actual birthday was. Her mom was lying to her, telling her she was a little girl, um, or like a preteen when in reality she was like an adult, a whole messed up situation. Um, but yeah, I guess her mom was super strict, super overbearing. Um, one time Gypsy tried to run away her mom, like, broke her computer and her phone and was basically like, you ever do that again and I'll, like, break your fingers. It was, like, a whole, a whole scary thing. So, um, basically, Gypsy Rose, um, was at nighttime using her computer to, um, join dating websites and she was, you know, trying to meet people online, 
Um, at one point, she meets a man. His name is Nick Godijan. Nick also has, I think, the documentaries. I think his parents said that he had Asperger's um, or just or autism, some level of autism. Um, but he and Gypsy met on like a Christian dating website, um, and basically, you know, created this whole relationship. Gypsy knew her mom wouldn't understand, so they were hoping that maybe they could, like, I don't know, meet up at a movie theater or something, and and he could meet her mom. Um, like, they were gonna, like, try and recreate, like, a meet-cute. Like, they, she wasn't gonna say, I've been talking to this man online, like, every night when you go to bed. Like, it was more gonna be like, oh, like, nice to meet you. My name is this. This is my mom, Dee Dee. Like, blah, blah, blah. So they were tried to do that, and that failed miserably. Dee Dee did not buy it. She thought it was super weird. She thought the guy was weird. The movie, I don't remember what movie they saw, but it was like a kid's movie. Um, and so Dee Dee was making comments like, this guy back here is like so weird. Like, he's here without a wife. He's here. He's here without a girlfriend. He's here without a child. Like, he's just here by himself. Like, that's so creepy. Um, anyway, I guess Nick goes to the bathroom. Gypsy tells her mom she needs to go to the bathroom. Um, so Gypsy wheels herself to the bathroom where she meets up with Nick. And that is the first place where they, um, have relations. And after that, it was pretty much downhill. They, they figured that Dee Dee would not let them be together. So they cooked up a plan to kill Dee Dee. So one night, um, Nick showed up at their house. Gypsy knew he was going to be there. Gypsy went to hide in a closet so she didn't have to hear what was happening. And um, Nick Godijan stabbed her mother to death in her bed. Kind of terrible, right? Like, kind of bad. It, it's it's bad stuff. Um, I will say, though, there is empathy for Gypsy Rose. Um, I don't know. It's, it's such a fucked up case, obviously, but I don't know where everybody stands with Nick Godijan because some of the things that came out that he had said, like, to Gypsy, that he said he wanted to, like, do, um, kind of some of his, like, messages and stuff were leading people to believe that he was, like, really an unsafe person and that, you know, Gypsy was kind of blinded by this and, and it was lucky that the police found them relatively quick because he was kind of dangerous. Like, I don't, Look, I don't know. I don't know. But looking at it from Gypsy's perspective, you do kind of feel bad for her. I, I mean, maybe I it's just me, but like, I, I don't know. I feel bad for her because it just, I mean, imagine being in her shoes. Like, it's not a case of like, oh, your mom's strict and that's it. Like, your mom won't let you out past this time or you have a curfew or she won't let you like do X, Y, or Z by yourself or whatever. Her mother was making her ill. Her mother was shaving her head and telling her, oh, well, I'm doing this because uh, it's going to fall out anyway. Not true. Not true at all. But she was shaving her head. She was going to dentist and having her teeth extracted. She had a feeding tube put into Gypsy because she told Gypsy, oh, you can't eat like properly. So we have to put a feeding tube in. Gypsy found out real quick that that wasn't true when she was like getting up in the middle of the night and like going to the kitchen and like snacking. And then she was like, oh, looks like I can eat completely normal. Like, um, it was just like a whole thing. Like her mother was having her be wheelchair bound, but like telling her like, Hey, I know you can move your legs and you can walk around at home and stuff, but like, 
do not do do not do that like in front of people um it was just like a whole mess like and imagine that being your life like and then to add insult to injury you know you think you're you think you're 14 or 15 you think you're dying um you think you're terminally ill and that you're going to die so you're going to like these make a wish foundation galas and you know things like that american cancer society kind of galas and you know you're a guest of honor and it's bittersweet cause you're like oh like this is a nice evening but like i know i'm going to die like you're going through the mental battle of like a young person who knows they're going to die but you're not your mom is lying to you because she's getting money from people she is she's getting money from charity she's getting money just from people trying to you know be kind and help out um they lost their home in Katrina which was true that I don't think that was false I think that was actually a true thing that happened um and they were like shortlisted for a Habitat for Humanity home and they you know, made it like wheelchair accessible for Gypsy and all these kind, like all of these resources that were poured into these people all because Dee Dee Blanchard was lying. Like when you look at it from that scope, like the life that she was stealing from her daughter because she wanted money and attention, you kind of don't even feel bad for her really. And and so then you kind of feel more bad for Gypsy and you're like, damn girl, like, yeah, you shouldn't have conspired to kill your mom, but like, when you're in that position, like, I, I guess you don't know what you're going to do and you don't know how to get out because last time you tried to run away, she found you. So you feel like there's no way out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you try to have some empathy for her, or at least I do. Anyway, though, Miss Girl is out. Okay, she's out of prison. Um, she was sentenced to 10 years, but only had to serve 85%. Um, so that has her out now because she made parole, like, parole board I guess was like yeah this girl should not be in prison for any longer good behavior um but yeah I mean if you don't know anything about like don't fully take my word for it please do not please don't ever come to just being silly looking for 100% accurate information that's on you please don't ever do that so I would suggest watching um there's a max it's not HBO max anymore a max documentary called um mommy mommy dead and dearest I think is what it's called it's on max um and it's more of like an actual documentary like they are interviewing like gypsy's dad um people that they knew like neighbors um they have like actual footage and um crime scene photos and like the whole nine um that's an actual like documentary um but there's another one after you watch the documentary I suggest watching on Hulu there's a limited series called the act with Joey King um, who does Gypsy Rose perfectly. Gypsy Rose actually just recently said, oh yeah, if there's like a, you know, feature film ever made about my life, like I want Millie Bobby Brown to play me. And that's just such a gut punch to my queen, Joey King, because Joey King, Joey King nailed it. She, she nailed it. And for then the real Gypsy Rose to be like, yeah, I want Millie Bobby Brown. Girl, Mildred Roberta Brown does not need to be playing Gypsy Rose. Try again, please. Um, but it's on, it's on Hulu. It's called The Act. It has, um, Joey King, like I said, and Patricia Arquette is playing Dee Dee Blanchard. One of those, one of the most beautiful women ever. Patricia Arquette. Argue with somebody else. Don't argue with me if you don't agree, but arguably one of the prettiest older women in Hollywood is playing Dee Dee Blanchard. Please look at pictures of Patricia Arquette and then please look at photos of the real Dee Dee Blanchard. (laughs) I digress. Anyway, 
I would start there if you have, if you want to know more about the case or whatever, just to be kind of up to speed with Gypsy Rose, because she really is like hitting the scene right now. Um, she has been already on like The View. She's been on Lifetime has been doing like a series with her um, because I think they're releasing like a TV movie or like a series about her, like with her help. Um, she was on Good Morning America or like the Today Show or something like that. Like she's kind of been hitting the press circuit. So if you want to be up to date on that, I suggest starting from the beginning where you can fully get like the whole 360 because I think a lot of people are just like, oh, she's a girl who had a boyfriend who killed her mom. Like, I don't think they, a lot of people are understanding like just how complex the issue is. So if you're interested, definitely recommend those programs to get you up to speed. But you know, I think about Gypsy Rose and she went to jail, like I said, in like 2015. Miss Girl has been in prison for almost the last 10 years. Think about the things that she missed while she was in prison. Think about it. Miss Girl's first full year of prison was 2016. How crazy. She missed Pokemon Go. She missed summer 2016, which was a hoot and a half. Um, she missed Broccoli, Caroline, Closer by the Chainsmokers. She missed, um, obviously, the election of Donald Trump. She missed so much. Just in that first year. I mean, as we progress, like, think about all the things she missed. Think about her being in there during COVID. Imagine being in prison when COVID happened. I know a lot of people went through it. A lot of people died that way because they were getting it in prison and, like, they were all in such close contact. Like, it's just, oh, it's horrible. But just imagine being on the inside and, like, all of these things that are going on, you just, like, don't you don't know. Like, you don't know with COVID spreading. You don't know with, like, some of the protests that were happening and, like, oh my god, it was just, it was a whole year. She didn't even get to watch Tiger King. Do you think she's watching Tiger King now? Because I would. That's the first thing I would show Gypsy Rose Blanchard post-prison. Just so, you know, she comes out and she's like, how is the world? Like, what, what does society look like what is going on? Like, what is the mental state of everyone in the country? Like, where am I at? Like, I've missed so much. That series has to be the first thing I put on the television for her because, because there's no other explanation. Like, you ha to understand the last three or four years, you have to watch Tiger King just to, just to gain some perspective. I don't know. I just feel like we don't know so much about Gypsy Rose, and I would love to know more about her. And to segue into our next topic, I would love to know what Gypsy Rose Blanchard thinks about the kids in Sephora. Look, if you follow me on TikTok, you already know, um, but I made a TikTok um, because there's like this whole discourse going on right now about how there are young kids like 10, 11, 12 running around Sephora specifically. Um, a lot of different retail workers have talked about kids of this age group being in their stores um, but Sephora is the one that's really, like, gaining a lot of traction just because I think there's other conversations to be had about why the girls are in Sephora or, like, why the kids are in Sephora, um, you know, beauty standards or um, being influenced or whatever. There's so many different side conversations to be had. But the main issue that people are having is that these kids are going into Sephora and, you know, they're 10 years old at the mall in in the Sephora and they're 
not supervised. Like, they have parents who dropped off 10-year-old, 10-year-olds, 10, elementary school, dropped off elementary schoolers by themselves to go to the mall, um, handed them a credit card, let them go into the mall, or gave them, like, a gift card for Christmas, let them go into the mall, you know, whatever. But, like, the kids are children. They're, they're kids. Hi, they're kids. Um, and they are, they have no concept of, like, how to act in a store, you know, how to be respectful, how to wait your turn, how to um, politely ask for assistance, how to do anything. They don't know how to work the cards. Um, so they're given, you know, a gift card. They don't know how the gift card, they don't know how a gift card works. So parent gives them $100 gift card. Well, they come up to the register and ring up $800 worth of product, hand over a gift card, and the employee goes, okay, so this covered $100, so your new total is 700 and the kid's, like, looking at them. Which, like, 10 is young, but, like, I don't know, at 10, if you're not sure how that works, like, that's also concerning. But anyway, yeah, the kid's, like, looking at him, like, what do you mean I don't have any other money? And the workers are, like, having to do, like, a whole thing, like, a whole back and forth with the kids. Um... They're having to, you know, exit out of transactions completely, have, like, a bunch of stuff that they need to put back up. It's, like, a whole mess. Um, Or the kids are showing up and spending $1,000 at a time with a parent's credit card, um, which isn't a problem. But what is a problem is, like, the kids are mostly just being hateful. So um, there's, like, been a couple of different stories where, like, workers are... um, interrupted like when they're talking to a customer about a product kids will run up to them and be like hey where's the drunk elephant where's the lineage and the person like oh just a second like and I'll help you find it and they're like like "Uh, what do you what do you mean wait like like they like they don't understand um they're running around they're I hear they're mixing up a lot of the products like you know how kids like how we used to um make potions mix up all the different shampoos and lotions and body washes and stuff in the bathroom, make a little potion. They're doing that at Sephora with the testers. They are stealing, um, which is not as bad of an issue as like the meanness and like just the overall running wild in the store. Um, But there are accounts that they are like stealing testers, they are stealing product, um, and they are ultimately at the core, they are children that are being left unsupervised. And so there's been a lot of different conversation about it. And basically, I made a TikTok where I was like, yeah, well, a lot of these kids are um, unsupervised at such a young age in like the mall. I'm not talking about like being left at home or something like that. Like they are being dropped off at 10 years old at the mall because mom has errands that she wants to run and she doesn't want to like bring the kid along. She doesn't want to deal with them. A lot of these kids were born from a time where having a baby was, like, not so much, like, the thing you had to do, but more of, like, a trend. It was more of an accessory. Um, An example I gave was, like, a lot of the girls will probably know what I'm talking about here, but, like, do you remember in, like, 2010, 2011, 2012, like, Pinterest during that time? And it was a lot of, like, mommy and me kind of stuff, like, matching, exactly matching outfits for, like, women and their baby daughters or, like, you know, people would post pictures of, like, kids that were, like, completely dripped out in, like, Jordans or, like, cardigans or, like, blazers. Like, why is a baby wearing a blazer? Um, they're, they're not at their confirmation. Like, why are they wearing a blazer? <laughs> and people would be like, oh, this is how my kid's going to dress. Like, this is, uh oh, my kid, kid goals. Like, kind of also, like, the height of, like, 
Instagram, like the infancy of that era. Like you, if you know, you know. But anyway, I kind of talked about in the TikTok, like a lot of these kids that we're seeing now are the kids that were born out of those trends. Like they were accessory babies, essentially. Not all of them. Oh, my God. And you know what? One thing about the Internet is you can say not everybody. You can um, start start the video saying not everybody. You can say not everybody in the middle. You can say not everybody at the end. You can put it in the caption. Um, you could write the text on the screen, not everybody. Um, and you could change your username to at not everybody. And you will still have people in the comments like, well, my 10-year-old doesn't act like that. <laughs> And that's on period, actually. But anyway, a lot of people did agree with my TikTok. Like, they, a lot of people did, just because it wasn't anything outrageous. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't a crazy take. It was a take of a lot of kids today are being left unsupervised at such a young age because, you know, it's kind of the, it's kind of the natural progression of things when it comes to, like, accessory baby, when it comes to iPad baby. You know, the kids that were had because babies are cute and then they grew up and mom and dad don't want to have to deal with them. That is a very fair take. And, a, and people did agree with me. It, it gained a lot of traction. I think it's sitting at like 700,000 people watched it or whatever. And, but the amount of people, like I would say 90% agree, but then there's like this loud ass 10%. That's like, well, no, uh, because when I leave my kid at the mall, it's like, eh, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. Um, or, you know, the people that take things like completely the opposite way. Like, well, yeah, these parents are leaving their kids alone at the mall, but have you considered generational trauma or wealth inequality? It's like, no, I haven't because it's because it, it, that doesn't apply. Like it's a, it's not I'm not saying you can't have generational trauma and then leave your kid at the mall, but like those things are not directly correlating with, like, the take that I have. Like, the, the thing that I'm saying, those things do not correlate. So I, I'm fielding a lot of, I'm feeling a lot of um, backlash on that. But I don't know. I wasn't trying to be in my hater era. Um, like I said, a lot of parents were like, hey, this is excellent. You know, my kids don't act like this, but we absolutely, like, see it. Like, when we go to our kids' class parties or we go to Little League practice, there are so many kids that are acting like this. Um, and then I have teachers in the comments, like teachers have been saying this forever. Like, you're absolutely right. Like the kids are acting like this. And that's another thing too. Like teachers have been telling us for a long time, like over the last couple, at least post COVID for sure, that like the kids are like, they don't know how to read. They will not sit still or be quiet. Um, and then when you try to discipline them or like call a parent, the parent is just like, tough shit. Like you call a parent and you're like, Hey, your child hasn't done, you know, the last 20 homework assignments, they're going to fail the fourth grade. And then, you know, cause homework then is like a coloring worksheet or something. And the parent's like, well, why aren't, why aren't you making them do their homework? And the teacher's like, um, it, it's homework. That's a, that's a family thing. Like you gotta, you do that at home. And the parent's like, well, if she's not doing her homework, it sounds like your problem. Like, and this is really, I know it sounds outlandish, but it really is happening. Like there really are so many parents that are treating teachers this way. They are putting everything onto the teacher. Um, they are not helping with the, dis the discipline of the student. So the behaviors aren't changing. Um, the kids aren't learning anything. Their test scores are down. Teachers are leaving the profession. Like it's, it's really bad news bears out here. 
And there are still so many stubborn parents that, like, are not getting it. They're not getting it. And when you don't, like, when you don't understand it, they have to, like, deflect in some way. So, of course, I'm getting comments like, well, it's easy to, it's easy to have parenting advice when you're not a parent. And I'm like, all I said was don't leave your child unattended at 10 years old at the mall. <laughs> all I said was, you know, supervise your kid. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's kind of out of hand. There's like a whole bunch of different nuance to it. Um, but I know it's not impossible either. And obviously it's not every parent. Like I know people, like I know people from my own life in real life who have children. Some of them have multiple children and their kids do not act like that. And the parents do not, not parent. Like everybody that I know that has children, they are like, like everybody that I know closely, not like people that I've followed on Instagram, but never spoken to that kind of thing. Like people that I know from like high school or people that I know from college who now have children, everybody that I've observed has been like actually good parents. Like they actually establish boundaries. There are actually rules and, you know, consequences and things for the development of the child. Because if you think like that gentle parenting is just letting your kid do whatever with no consequences, that's not gentle parenting. That's just a lack of parenting. Um, but I see people in my life who have children and they're doing it correctly. So it's, so I know it's not everybody, but it's either the majority and I'm lucky enough to just know people that are, you know, not like that, or it is like not the majority, but it's a super loud minority that I think is making things worse for everybody else. I don't know. That's my take. Everybody wants to say, though, oh, I can't have an opinion because I don't have children. A girl. If I have to go to Sephora and backhand your fucking kids so I can get some retinol that they do not need, I shouldn't have to do that. I should not have to do that. I should not have to fight with a unsupervised kid over something they don't even need. Because their parent is like, well, I'm just here. Here's my credit card. Okay, here's here's a cell phone. Here's the mall or a store. I'm as your mother, I'm going to drop you off and just leave you completely unattended. Um, a little 10 year old girl. That's surely not a scary situation at all. And I'm going to pick you up in three hours after I get done doing a day in my life. TikTok where I go get my nails done and get a blowout. And it's that kind of group. It's that kind of thing that I'm critiquing. But anyway, just wanted to make that clear because I, the internet is so it's so crazy. Like, yes, obviously, like I said, more people than not are agreeing, but it's like the group that isn't the group that just like flat out doesn't understand where I'm coming from is crazy. And then the messages I'm receiving, oh my God, strangers, total strangers are, are private messaging me and are like, Hey, I have a story for you if you don't mind. And they tell me like this long ass, sad ass story. And then they're like, and one of them was like a kid. And I didn't respond because I don't res I don't respond to kids. If I know you're underage, like if I know you're a child, like if you say I'm 10, first of all, why are you on TikTok? Hi. Um, so, but I don't respond to, I try not to respond to children if I know that they're children because I don't, I don't think that's appropriate. I do not feel like there should be a platform where I, as a 26 year old, should be able to have like a unsupervised, unfiltered, like conversation with a 10 year old. Like that's, that's crazy. 
That's crazy. I don't think that that should happen. But like I said, a lot of these kids have phones, iPads, parents don't monitor what they're doing on the internet. So here they are in my inbox saying, hi, I'm 10 and I promise I don't act like that. And you know, my mom sometimes leaves me alone, but like she really is a good mom. And I'm like, oh, this is so sad. This is so sad. Like, and and I, I don't respond, but it is just like, I have these people or I have people like that are adults that send me like these long paragraphs about like, you know, I feel like I was an accessory baby and it's not my fault. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what the hell? What the hell? How does some, does, does Brittany Broski have to go through this? That's a question. I have a, I have a question for, for Brittany Broski. Does she get shit like this or is it just because that's the type of content I made? Like, do I need to just go back to making funny stuff and making no social commentary at all? Because I, I really cannot, I cannot handle, I cannot handle the people in the inbox with the oversharing to a complete stranger. I cannot handle the dumbasses that are, you know, I can sit there and say not for everybody or like this doesn't apply to everybody. And then they still take time out of their life to write a comment where they say like, well, this isn't true for me. No shit. I made this, I made this parallel too, but it is just like when people on TikTok, like the recipe cooking TikTokers are like, here's my favorite, um, orzo soup. And then they get like a ton of comments. Like, I don't like, I don't like orzo. I don't, I actually, I actually prefer, uh, egg noodles. Oh, um, I'm allergic to orzo. And then it's like, the person is like kind of sitting there like, okay. <laughs> like It's one of those things where like, yeah, then this doesn't apply. Keep scrolling. But I just, I feel like we've lost the plot. I feel like a lot of people don't get the concept of like, not everything has to fit. Not everything has to apply to you. If you, if you see my video and you're like, oh, my kids are pretty well behaved. Keep scrolling. Or if you see my video and you are feeling some similarities between your life and the people I'm talking about in my video, maybe reflection is in order. Maybe some time for reflection is in order. Maybe we don't. Tell me, well, you don't understand what it's like to be a parent. It's like, period. <laughs> maybe I don't. But also, it sounds like the hit dog is hollering. All right, that's the end of the episode. Um, I'm going to try and push this one out on Monday, and I'm actually also going to try and have one for you also on Friday again. So we'll just, like, get right back up into the groove of things. I know um, I have got a few new people listening to this, um, I think, coming over from TikTok. Like, I checked my analytics, and my shit absolutely spiked the day after I posted that, so that tracks. So if you're here from that, hi. Um, I hope you stick around. We typically do Q&A at the end of the show. No Q&A today. Um, just because it's, I've already, I've already ranted. We've already, we've already gone through it together. Um, maybe some Q&A at the next episode. Okay. So, um, submit some Q&A to the Google form. It's located in the show notes. Um, it's an anonymous Google forum. You just click on it, submit, standard Q&A questions. You can submit, um, like advice requests. You can also just kind of submit general feedback. It's kind of a catch-all for everything. Um, but let's try to do, you know, some like layered stuff. I get a lot of like repeat questions or like very generic, like kind of have already been answered before questions. And I'm really looking for something like 
fuller bodied, like a more complex question. Um, you know, something that I could really like dive super deep into. So if you have anything like that, let's dig deep for it. Put it on the Google form, which is going to be once again, located in the show notes. Okay. Be sure to follow the podcast itself on Spotify or Apple podcasts and rate it five stars. Please do not forget to um, rate it five stars. And that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Love you so much. And I will talk to you later. Bye.